Welcome to the Jubilee Stratford podcast, where you can listen back on our weekly sermons, special guest speakers, and more. To find other resources and information about who we are, visit www.jubileestratford.com. If you like what you've heard here on this podcast today, don't forget to subscribe. Name. It's your name, Jesus. Let's just say his name together. Jesus. 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 It's at your name. It's at your name. There is no other name. There is no other power. There is no one who carries the authority of our King Jesus. We worship you. We adore you. We exalt you. We lift you up. Father, we honor your Son, Jesus, this morning. We praise you for who Jesus is. We love that name. We love the mystery of his name. A mystery to the world. A mystery that the world did not understand. A mystery to reveal the Father to the world. As this mystery laid down his life willfully as a lamb that was spotless and pure to be the greatest sacrifice of all time to redeem all mankind to the Father Jesus it's your name Jesus is your name it's your name that opened the seal in the book of Revelation where all of heaven was crying out saying who's worthy who is worthy to open up the seal who is worthy to open up the door the key of David there's one found worthy his name is Jesus and we worship you we adore you we praise you we exalt you we lift you up we love you in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Let's give them a round of applause. We so appreciate them. Chris, Tim, Michael, Kalen, so much love you guys. You guys just serve us and lead us into worship. Such a great time. Wasn't that fun with uh, Chanel and Trent at the beginning down at City Hall? We, We did that yesterday. It was freezing outside, but... We had a really good time. It was lots of fun. We're experimenting with it with our first service. And uh, they're right in front of the doors, actually, to City Hall, to the clerk's office. Well, you have to go through those doors to get to the clerk's office if you haven't received your pin to vote if you live in the city of Stratford. I actually took somebody down there on, I think it was Friday, and it was super simple. We just went in. They gave the ID, a form, and they got a pin, and they could vote. And, um, And what a privilege it is to vote, isn't it? You know, it's a privilege that we don't want to be... Uh, complacent with or passive with, but uh, we're so honored, you know, for democracy within our city that allows the citizens of our city to have a voice, to have a say as to who they want to represent them in our leadership of our city. And and so um, the polls are open. If you if you weren't aware, they're open till the 24th. But I do want to say one thing about our current mayor and council, and that is. This is his last, Dan Matheson, who's the mayor of our city, has been the mayor for many, many years and has done great things for the city and still has a lot of favor 
within our city. And this is his last official week, I believe, in office. I thought, what if we would just reach out to him, send messages to him by email or phone call, and just thank him for the service that he's done. You know, to be in a place, a public figure, to serve in our community is no small task. If people love you or hate you. It's, uh, it's kind of comes with the territory. But he has done such a great job, even, even though there may be some controversy or some mistakes. But he still, I believe the kingdom's about giving honor where honor's due. And, uh, and I believe that it's our job to pray for our, those in leaders, pray for our leaders, and then to give honor to them for where they do sacrificially give. And uh, because they are human. How about you touch your skin for a moment? Touch your, t- do you feel flesh there? They, I hope you're feeling flesh there. Well, guess what? They have flesh too. And they're people just like me and you. And they respond like us. I think sometimes we think that they're not human and we uh, tend to treat them with dishonor. So, uh, so this, I think this would be a great week to bring honor to them and to our current council. They've done a great job and, uh, at serving us and uh, we love many of them. So let's just pray for Dan Matheson and for our council as this is their final week as the polls do close on the 24th. Father, we thank you for our mayor, and Father, we thank you for his service to our city. And Father, we lift up him and his family to you. We ask that your spirit would bless him, Father, in this final week. Lord, I pray that he would bestow the reward of his service, that Father, that when he comes out of office, that um, any, any depletion or anything kind of hits with him and his family, that they be restored. And Father, we pray for each of the counselors that are not returning to you. We, Lord, we pray that this would be uh, a time where things are sealed for them. And, um, and Lord, as it's a change and a shift and transitions, Lord, we just pray that your spirit would draw near to them. And we lift up our city. Father, we thank you for the city of Stratford. And we thank you that you've called the city to be a city of refuge. And Father, we pray that our city would come into alignment according to your plans and your purposes. Lord, we thank you for the blueprint that's here. And Lord, we ask that you would blow upon it as this city is to be um, just a blessing to the region and to the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know, just a couple things about our city. I, I didn't plan to talk about this, but two things came to mind just as I was praying. One is, did you know that the city of Stratford is uh, on the highest elevation in all of Ontario? That actually, the city of Stratford, we, we are literally a city on the hill that the from, from the water, you know, how they measure from water level. We're the highest in everything. And if you go to downtown Stratford, if you look, I mean, if, you, if you're a visitor, tourist coming to the city, it's very confusing to get around the street. How many have found the streets in our city quite confusing? Well, there's actually some intentionality behind those streets because if you go down to the center core, each of the streets lead to the Great Lakes, all the different lakes. You know, there's Huron, there's Erie, there's Ontario. It's pretty profound, actually when you go to that place. So, so cities elevated, cities a hill, you know what the scripture says, you know, it's a light, don't hide a bushel under a light. I believe that the city of Stratford has a, a purpose and a plan for this region, you know, to be a blessing to it. The second thing that I found very interesting at the mayor's community breakfast is that he said that when um, the CRA, and I hope I get this right, when the CRA was doing a study on generosity, in the gift returns, that this region was the most generous region out of all the regions all around. Is that incredible? That, that, that we are part of a generous community. And, 
you know, and even just being a part of uh, what's happening with municipal election and everybody has different, you know, opinions and views, the relationships and the connection of, you know, diversity is phenomenal. You know, people really do connect with one another and are respectful to one another. So I think there's something unique about our city, and I believe that God has a plan for our city. How, would agree, how many would agree with that? How many would say that the plans for our city are yet to be unfolded, that, that we haven't seen the fullness of them? And, and so I just, I'm excited about what God has in store for our city. Wonderful. Well, we're going to jump straight into the message this morning, and if I could have uh, my great friend Matthew, thank you, Matthew, you're on cue. And uh, for the last couple of weeks, um, we've been talking about um, sort of this overarching umbrella for the season that we're in. Uh, we've started our equipping school last Tuesday night. How many were here for it? It was just a great time, and uh, we have both uh, Dr. Mark Gardner and Jerry Steingard, Dr. Jerry Steingard, also presenting. And um, we're playing with our format a bit. So some of the feedback we got was that the, the content came at us quick and swiftly, almost too quick and too swiftly, that, uh, that you really had to have your seatbelt on to hang on. What we're doing is we're actually doing a Bible survey where we're taking a 40,000-foot view of the 66 books that are all independently written by different authors, and we're diving into their themes, their characters, the stories, and we started with the first five books, which are the Torah, um, this past week. And so we are changing the format up for this coming week. So uh, we, we were trying to do like a 20-minute summary that was really quick, then a Q&A. Q&A was amazing, by the way. It was so much fun. I think we just need to have a time where we get together and allow everyone to ask questions. How many know that questions are good? Questions are part of learning. And, um, and we, we shouldn't be afraid of any question. You know, we can ask any question, and uh, we have the resources and people that can help. And if we don't have the answer, that's okay, too. And uh, so, so just a great time. So we are changing it up a bit where we're going to do 30 minutes of teaching Q&A, 30 minutes of teaching Q&A. So we're just tweaking it, playing with it. But if you can't join us here in person, there's no fee to it. If you can't join us here in person, you can join us online because we're going to be streaming on YouTube, which is super exciting. But the other part of the equipping school that I'm really pumped about is this coming weekend, the 21st and 22nd, we're doing a Father's Love intensive weekend. And the reason it's intensive is because it's going to be very intentional, very focused, and the, the, and the purpose of it is, how many know that head knowledge is good, but it's not the end deal? Right? It's like we want this knowledge from our head to hit our hearts. You know, you can know all sorts of good stuff, but... It's when it hits our hearts that there's transformation and our lives are changed. And so the intentionality is that to come to a place where, and David and Charmaine, if maybe you guys can wave to everybody, are, are catalysts and leading this with, along with John Arnett and Ramesh and Elsie from Brampton are coming, and they'll be speaking here next weekend, great friends of ours, and uh, they're, they're amazing people. And, and so we're going to come and we're going to just dive into you know, what Jesus did when he provided a way to the Father. And when the Father revealed himself to Moses, he revealed his goodness to Moses. He didn't have to reveal his sovereignty, his power, even though sovereignty and power came with it. It said that he revealed his goodness. How many know that our Father's a good Father? And how many know that our Father wants to encounter us? And that that goodness will change us. How many have been changed by the goodness of God? It's phenomenal, isn't it? 
You know, where we expected him to be angry and expected him to be disappointed with us. In turn, he gives us mercy and he gives us love with an invitation to draw closer to him. So, you know, if you, if you haven't been a part of a, a father's love intensive before, we want to invite you to it. But even if you have, I don't think our journey is ever complete on this journey in walking in the father's love. You know, I think it's a continual journey of, of growing closer to him. Jesus himself continually went to the father in secret, went into the place of intimacy with the father to glean from him, to be loved by him. And so I really want to encourage you to come out to that intensive next weekend. And this is kind of where we want to launch from this morning because last week we talked about this, this graph, which is it's a leadership development graph of parenting. You know, when your child comes in this world, they're completely dependent on mom and dad. And the end goal is that one day you release them, and there's quite a few steps in between, isn't there? And uh, this dependency is phenomenal, especially on mom, you know, where she can articulate the sound of the cry. She knows exactly what that baby's communicating without the baby using words. Oftentimes, I look to Leslie and say, what's the interpretation of that cry? Because I don't know what's going on. And the mom is just so in tune with that child. Up until the point, you know, where go through shaping. So the first five years, dependence. Next five years, there's a shaping. Next five years, there's a coaching where they grow into more independence and you know they get behind the steering wheel and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm in the passenger seat, something's wrong with this equation. And then, uh, you know, and then we get into releasing where you as a parent, you know, you've pretty much done what you can do to influence and contribute and then all of a sudden one day they're released. And we talked about uh, last week about in that dependence stage that it's a very vulnerable time and there's a lot of basic trust that can be developed and, um, and that wounding can happen in that place of dependence especially if there's a misrepresentation of the father's love um, through different traumas, different um, exposure. And that's not to take it lightly. You know, I know that there's, there's things that happen that cause pain and that cause um, sort of this, this uh, false facade or false reality of who that individual is. And let me back that up for a moment. You, so each one of us is been built and created with a very unique design. It says in scriptures that not, not one, one of us are the same. That means you're so unique. No person on earth has ever been created. Think about that for a moment. Our creator is so creative that he's able to make somebody brand new with each person that's born into the earth. And not only that, that each person has this coding of mystery to them. That there's this coding of unique design unique gift sets, and that we're not all the same. And you know, there's something very precious about that. And we talked also last week about how there's sort of four sides to each person. There's our, our open side, which is our awareness of our behavior. There's a blind side. How many know that you have a blind side? There's a blind side. Then there's a, there's the, a hidden side, which means that there's things that you know about yourself, and that, but you don't want to share them with people. But then there's the unknown side which is almost like the mystery, the, the hidden part. And oftentimes what we'll find in prophetic, when someone gets a prophetic word, that it's the goodness of the voice of the Father speaking the unknown to that individual. They're like, I never knew I was created like this. I never knew I had gifts like this. I never, and it brings life. He calls us to life in the unknown parts of that mystery, that design. It's right at the very core of truth. 
let's call it the core of truth of who you are. And each one of us has it. Well, I want to talk about a friend of mine. Um, and this friend, uh, I met him, uh, was just towards the end of uh, the spring, early summer. And uh, my friend was collecting belongings and parking them on our, our parking lot here in the church. And, uh, and I got to know him. And, uh, and I was really interested in who he was and, and, and what motivated him, you know, for putting all his belongings on our church property. And, and I got to know him in a, as a person. And uh, right around the time of when my father passed away in, in June, I was, I was kind of going through, uh, well, it was hard. It was a hard season. And, uh, and I didn't, I mean, I love the church. I love all of you, but I didn't want to be with you. I hope that's okay. Uh, and it, it was, I needed to retreat for a bit. And, um, and part of it was because, um, you know, one of the attributes of my father was that he wasn't very much an overtly spiritual person, meaning like when he would pray or how, but yet the actions and what he did was so spiritual. Does that make sense? I'll give an example. I went on a trip to Israel one time, and uh, Leslie called me and said, your dad was out, and he checked the air pressure on the car. He checked the oil in the, in the engine, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't travel because my dad's going to outdo everything I do for my wife. He's going to take a better care of her. And... Uh, but he was just there with this heart of provision and this heart of goodness. And, and I think that's probably what gripped me, because right at the time when he had passed away, I started to grow closer with my friend um, who was homeless. And, um, and what I found was I didn't really want to be around the church. I know we had great you know, services going on, but I just didn't have capacity for it, to be honest. And, but I was drawn to this individual, and so I'd go pick him up, take him to McDonald's, buy him some food, get to know him. And I just felt like, you know, all that my father had poured out on serving, I just wanted to give to this guy, you know, just practical stuff. You know, sometimes people just don't need to know the answers. They just need your presence, right? You know, I think a lot of people have it figured out. It's just that sometimes it's a struggle. So I got to know him, and, um, and we kept kind of bumping into each other, and I felt a lot of joy in it. And... Uh, and then there was this one specific day where uh, he was in a very low spot. And, uh, and I went to meet with him and connect with him. And, you know, and part, of me was, part of me was trying to understand, you know, the, the mindset, the motive, uh, which was so different from mine. And so I'd be talking to him and, and uh connecting with him, and, and he was in a very low place. I mean, he, he, you can imagine. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it just kind of spilled out of my mouth. I said, I said, friend, I said, are you, are, you, are you caught in a place where you really want to do this, but you end up doing this? And he goes, yes. He goes, I'm so caught that I've given up on myself. Can you imagine that? He says, I've just given up on myself. That this behavior over here that has caused so much harm, not only to me, but every relationship in my life, I can't control it. Therefore, I'm not even going to try to fix it. I've just given up. I'm just going to allow myself to my own demise of my own addictions and my own appetite for um, what satisfies and gratifies me. And 
And you know, it just so gripped my heart because I'm looking at him going, God, there's got to be something more to this. There's got to be something more to than just my friendship or my goodwill. There's got to be something more to, you know, the fact that, that I look at him and think, oh, you know, it's, it's mental illness and he needs this program or he needs this solution or he needs this, this type of connection. And I remember looking at him and thinking, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do with this? And, and I want you to jump into the scriptures with me. And I want to jump in first at Matthew 11, verse 28. This is where I want to start. It says, then Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heaven burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. See, when I was looking at him, the burden that I saw upon him was so heavy to the point that it was crushing his, remember what we talked about? That core that's on the inside of him, that unique design, that blueprint that's within him that's been created. The yoke upon him has been so heavy that it's crushed all elements of the truth of who God has created him to be. And so I'm looking at him, and my heart is so gripped because I'm like, Jesus, he's made with uniqueness. He's made with, he's not worth giving up on. But yet, there seems to be something so heavy upon him that he's given up on himself. What's the answer to this problem? So anyway, we have this great eldership team. I love them. Uh, Maria Walsh, Mark Garner, Mark and Bonnie Garner. Uh, Jerry Steingard, my wife Leslie, and also um, Steve Preston's been joining, and Trish. And so I was talking, we had a meeting this past week, and, and, uh, and I, was, I was saying to them, you know, like, we see in Scripture, like, if Jesus was there, and this is what I honestly thought, like, I, I was like, if I was, if Jesus was there with him, first of all, all the stuff that's influencing those burdens on him would be threatened by Jesus, because when Jesus walked the earth, we see story after story of there being like this demonic manifestation, you know, where demons are like talking to Jesus saying, don't reveal us, don't, you know, they knew who he was. And, and, uh, and, and then Jesus would cast the demons out, the person would get free and they'd walk free. And, you know, and part of me was sharing with the elders, I said, you know, like there's got to be an answer to this because I heard it straight from him that he's caught under this yoke, this yoke of control, this yoke of bondage where he wants to be free. And part of me was questioning, I said to them, I just threw that out, I said, deliverance, you know, where are we at with deliverance in the church? Remember back in the day when we'd be at a great meeting and you'd hear some screaming going on and they carry the person out and they take him to a side room, they do deliverance? Or the, and it gets lots of attention and almost takes the focus off. And how many were a part of a season where there was a demon under every rock, you know, and it's like, like everything, you know, it goes on, you know, like the fly that just hit me in the head must be a demon, you know. It's like, no, get a fly swatter, take care of the fly, you know. And, and, and so there's been sort of like this, this kind of weird, and now we're kind of in a place where we don't necessarily talk about it and we don't necessarily, um, you know, pursue it or, uh, you know, in our ministry times, we've, we've more or less diverted to, you know, that it's about displacement, right? Like it's, 
At the core, there's lies, therefore bring the truth, because the truth will displace the lies and they'll transform the person. And, and I understand that because, you know, there's been a lot of harm done with the whole, you know, deliverance movement as well. Like, people go get some deliverance and they actually come out worse than when they went in, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so I'm, I'm not here to tell you that I have any answers to it. However, it was interesting because when I was in this elders meeting, I said, I just wish I had the authority that I could have prayed for my friend and he could have changed. You know, that whatever that yoke is that was on him could have come off him. And one of my elders stopped me in my tracks and they said, you do have the authority. Right? And I was like, ooh, okay. That's right. I do have the authority. Right? And then they also said, you know, it's also by God's power that will displace the oppression that's upon them. The reason I'm talking about this today is because our culture is in a, in a place where lies have come in, fractured individuals, and now we have ideologies that are built on lies. When God has truth, and how are we going to respond to the lies? How are we going to respond to? I believe that the Lord is calling us to rise up with the authority that he's given to us, to be able to pray for people, to lay hands on them, for them to become free from the addictions and the oppression that's resting upon them that they feel entrapped by. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now, I'm not sure how that looks, because I mean, we've tried many programs, and how many know that programs have fallen short? We've sent people to the best counselors that we know. No offense to great counselors. I know we have some amazing ones here. And yet, it still feels like it can be, you know, two steps forward, one step back, or maybe it's one step forward, three steps back. I don't know. But there seems to be this tug of war that takes place, and there seems to be this tension that happens. But this was the part that really caught me, and this was actually Maria brought this up. And something that's been gripping her heart is the scripture that says, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And you know, and Paul, Paul was making reference, no, sorry, the book of James was making reference to this. And, and the whole concept was that, well, first of all, the asking, if your motives are off, you know, about quarreling and fighting and, you know, trying to destroy one another, those motives are wrong, but when your motives are right, and I believe that God's kingdom is a kingdom of compassion. I believe that God's kingdom wants to set prisoners free. I believe that he wants to lift the yokes off of people's hearts and minds, and that he wants to displace the lies that have come in to mess with that core truth of who that individual is. And I believe that God's kingdom wants to be demonstrated with power. I believe that he wants to have us rise into a place of faith so that when we begin to move in obedience to his spirit, things change. I know for me, um, you know, how many have prayed for the sick? How many have seen people be healed when they pray for the sick? How many have prayed for people and have not seen them be healed when you pray? And that can get discouraging, right? Because you're kind of like, okay, this kingdom that we serve, which seems to be such a mystery, you know, why does it work one day and not the next? And there's a mystery to it all, 
you know, is it on my end, their end, his end, you know? But the reality is, is that we have not because we ask not. What are we asking for? What are we anticipating? Where's our expectation? Where's the, the, the meter of expectation? I want to flip over to another scripture. If you can go to 1 Timothy uh, verse one, or chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. And this is Paul saying this to Timothy. He says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. We're in a battle. We're in a place of tension. We're in a place of where there's a war that's going on in the spirit realm over our city, over our families, over each and every one of us. And by God's grace, he's leading us, he's drawing us. But I believe that he wants us to rise up in this battle with the intentions and the purposes of his kingdom to see his kingdom come forward in measures and ways like we've never seen before. Wouldn't it be great if those that are under the oppression of doing stuff that they don't want to do and really want to live out of the core truth of who God's created them to be, that we pray for them and they're set free? Let me say that again. How many want the church to have the full expression of the authority and power of his kingdom that when we pray for individuals that are oppressed by the yokes of slavery through addictions, that they're set free? There's no shortcut. There's one name. There's one name. And when his name is said, the darkness trembles at his name. He has the authority. He's given it to us. To rise up out of hearts of compassion, hearts of love, to go into this world to the places where there has been pain, where there has been trauma, where there's been lies around the core truth of people's identity for us to reach into their hearts and reveal the living God, Jesus, to all mankind. I'm telling you, he's like no other God. Most most gods would present themselves as, here's my empire and here are the different hoops you got to jump through to come to me and find acceptance. Sometimes we see God that way. That's not his kingdom. God humbled himself to the lowest of lows, yielded himself, submitted himself to our humanity, and not only that, he humbled himself to the obedience of the cross. Think about that for a moment. To give hope to all of mankind. And that's the name that we get to carry. That's the name that we we present is the name of Jesus. It's not a religion. It's not, it's not even a place of where we have any legal rights to judge, honestly. It's a place of where we are called to the obedience of the cross to humble ourselves and to begin to have a heart of compassion like he had a heart of compassion and to love those that are around us. Let's stand together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the access and the authority of your kingdom. And Holy Spirit, I pray this morning for each individual that's here. Father, I pray, would 
Would your presence just rest upon us? Would you draw near to us today? Father, even those that are here that are struggling with or uh, different addictions, Lord, I just ask that, that, that your anointing would come in and break these yokes. But first and foremost, Lord, we want to ask. Father, where we haven't asked, where we haven't come before your throne and asked, this morning, Lord, I pray that you'd call to mind, and I just want to encourage you just in this moment, let's just begin to think of different individuals. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe there's things that you need to ask for yourself for that God's called you to that have been barriers, that have been restrictions that need to be removed. Or there's individuals, family members, children. Sometimes the fight with our children can become so join the plans and the purposes that he has for them. So we ask today for our children, each and every one of them that's here represented in this room and those that are online, we ask, Father, where the dints of life, the traumas have lied to our kids, we pray for those lies to be dissolved with your incredible, unconditional love of the goodness of a father. And Lord, I breathe upon the blueprints, the DNA, the inscription, the coding that's within them that's been coded by you to come to life. It's like a beautiful garden, Lord. I pray that those seeds would come to life and germinate and spring up. We just think of our children, all of them. And Father, we pray for our city, our neighbors, those that live around us. And Lord, those that are in travail and those that are wearisome, Lord, I pray that Jesus, Yeshua, would you visit our city? Yeshua, would you put Stratford on the map of your heart? And I pray for a visitation for the people of our city, Lord, those that, that have just been held in captivity, that feel like they're just going in the hamster wheel, not knowing the purpose, Lord, spring it to life. Bring it to life, Lord. Lord, I pray for each person without a home that's within our city. Lord, they're just not an issue for us to fix, but they're individuals with stories. They're individuals with history. Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, would you give, would you, would you enable us? I'm asking that you would enable us to become a solution to homelessness. The church, a solution to homelessness. And Father, that it would be a solution that brings your kingdom to break off the bondage. And Father, we pray that you would give us the, the courage, Lord, to walk in radical obedience to you. Father, I know that that journey of radical obedience can be somewhat frightful, but yet can be one of the most incredible adventures of all time. So Lord, draw near to us. Thank you, Father. I just want to encourage you to just take a moment to uh, get, some, get into groups of two to three and just begin to pray for, for different individuals or different people or sharing. And maybe there's people at work in your family that you want to uh, lift up. But, but the whole purpose is this. It doesn't have to be, sometimes we think, you know, spiritual prayers are more authority because they sound... No, it's simple. It's, it's faith and ask. So it's like, with faith we ask. What do you want to ask him for this morning? What do you want to ask of his kingdom 
for your family, for you, and for our city. So let's do that now. Just get into groups of two to three. If people aren't comfortable, that's okay. We don't have to do that. But you are the church, and it's not... See, I think part of the problem is we think that it's for someone else to do. Someone else has the authority for it. No, he's called you. He's called you to it. So I bless you as you pray in. And you that are online, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we want to encourage you with the, the, the hope and the promise of his kingdom. And I want to encourage you at home, too, to ask. Just ask him. Ask Jesus. It's one name. Ask him for his goodness and love to pour out on you. Bless you and we'll see you next week.